Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Sophie, I am so pleased to say that the sponsor of today's podcast is Julianne Bruno, who've been creating, developing and producing naturally plant-based foods right here in London since 2022. Sophie, I've tried Julianne Bruno before and loved it, and I know you have too. And I have to say that they really do take the place of a creamy Italian burrata. Julianne Bruno are making the most exciting plant-based food with an award-winning range of cheeses made each week in fresh batches. They've got their creamy burella and super straccia, perfect for popping in your salads or on your pizzas, as well as their lightly whipped cremata spread, which I love spreading on toast or bagels. Trust me, it is all so damn good. My favourite plant-based cheese by far. But don't just take it from the home cooks. Julie and Bruno are also served in restaurants across the country, including by the head pastry chef at Harrods. It's not just a vegan alternative, it is a true gastronomic delight that stands out on its own. So if you haven't already, go and try Julienne Bruno's brilliant plant-based cheeses. They're available in a range of fantastic independent retailers, delis and restaurants across the country, plus stores such as Planet Organic, Whole Foods, Selfridges and online at Ocado. Go get it. Hello and welcome to I'll Have What She's Having, a food and drink podcast from me, Sophie Wybird. And me, Hannah Crosby. Every week, Sophie and I sit down to dinner. She makes a dish, I pair a wine, and we put the world to rights. This week, we pair pan con tomato with a sparkling tea. And we talk Reply Guys and the Great British Bake Off with cook and TV personality Christelle Pereira. Hello! Welcome, welcome, welcome back. We are not alone. We are not alone in this room. This week, I'm going straight into it. Sounds like there's a ghost. <laughs> so a, we're doing a seance. There's it's, a friendly ghost in the room. in the room with us right now. <laughs> this week, we welcome cook and TV personality, Christelle Pereira. I should have actually asked you if that's the correct way to pronounce no, your name. you actually got it spot on. Like, I usually panic before people say my name, but that was... Pereira. Is it, do you get Pereira? Yeah, or like Pereira, like everything. Or like Crystal instead of Christelle. Christelle. That's the yeah. worst, but you Christelle it. smashed it. Okay. Let's, let's see how I do for the rest of it. <laughs> Raised by, I mean, I did lift it off Amazon, so I'm hoping it's all factual. <laughs> Raised by Kenyan-born Portuguese-going parents, Christelle's passion for exciting flavour combinations led her to reaching the grand final of none other than the Great British Bake Off. Ever heard of it? 
Not me. In 2021, since then, in two short years, she's cooked on shows like Good Morning America, Sunday Brunch, The Today Show, and TV's Lorraine, personal highlight, and has just come off the back of releasing her first ever book, Flavor Kitchen, and is coming to us hot from an American book tour. Welcome so much. Welcome so much. Welcome to this podcast. I was like, this is going too well. This is going too well. Welcome so much to the podcast, Krista. It sounds like we mean to go on with all yeah, the Yeah, I love it. The We're cameras having, are playing. We're loving it. I'm no. having a bit of a chaotic day. Thank you for being here. Listen, I'm here for the chaos, but thank yeah. you for having me. This is a great setting. I feel right at home. I'm very comfy in my little swivelly chair. So you're literally a few days off the back of your American tour. Yes. How has that been? Oh my gosh, it was honestly one of, I think one of the highlights of my career, just for so many reasons. A, the food, because I'm selfish and I love eating and I'm very greedy. <laughs> and I was doing a lot of solo dining out there, which was my first experience of solo dining, but I loved it. And I'll talk a bit more about this, but that was great. Obviously, meeting people, I did lots of book signings and meets and greets. And I think so much now happens like over the TV screen or through social media and actually to meet people. Like, it's just, it's very surreal. And just to see people really excited to see you and holding your book, it's, that's honestly, again, just such a highlight and just makes my job very worthwhile. Um, and just being able to kind of travel around. I had, I think, I was, I've definitely been running off adrenaline for a while, but I think towards the end, as I started to get a little bit tired, I was, it was all kind of sinking in. I was like, oh, this is quite emotional. Yeah. <laughs> but it was great. I really, really liked it. Oh, you so deserve it. So oh. Flavor Kitchen came out, is it like two months ago now, a month? Yeah, it came out at the end of May in the UK and then the end of June in the US. Amazing. Oh, straight to the is... US. That's incredible. Usually, I, I don't know how it normally works, but don't you usually publish one place first and then you see how sales go and then you publish it elsewhere if the sales are there yeah I think with me but I've basically got a really big US audience as well so I think my publishers are like we'll just yeah. it's a no-brainer yeah. it's a no-brainer that's incredible cool. already a global superstar oh, she doesn't need to wait, oh, need to wait. <laughs> but Flavor Kitchen is a beautiful beautiful book you should be honestly so proud of it there's obviously half of it which is incredible savory stuff and then the second half is more the sweet things, which yeah. lots of people would be more familiar yeah. with your cooking from. There's one in particular that has been really on my mind, and my boyfriend's been talking about it a lot. <laughs> he flicked through it and was like, okay, so when are we making that? It's the chai tres leches oh, cake. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a perfect ah. favorite. Okay, so I've, I've picked one of the best ones. Yes! Excellent. Yes, yes, Excellent. yes, yes, yes. yes. Expect many more big flavours and exciting combinations like that in Christelle's book. If you're a fan of food that tastes great, then <laughs> definitely go and buy it. How was the writing process? Do you know what? It was actually, I really enjoyed it. I think developing the recipes was probably the best part of it. Um, and so it's really funny. So anytime I used to think of a recipe idea, I don't know how you do it, but I WhatsApp myself. So I have a WhatsApp conversation with myself and it will just say things like, chai tres leches cake or or just be like flavor combination so yuzu white chocolate or tahini and miso and I write these things down I whatsapp myself one day this whatsapp conversation got so out of hand I was like it's quite embarrassing if someone looks at my phone so I was like <laughs> let me put it into a spreadsheet being ex-corporate and all that so put it into a spreadsheet <laughs> then the spreadsheet was getting very long so I was like let me split it into two tabs I'll do a sweet tab and a savory tab so I had basically this bank of sweet combinations, a savory combination. So when it came to writing my book, I was like, I literally have the perfect sort of premise for my book. The I've book got, is here. Yeah, I've yeah. got my book. So, so organized. Yeah, which is great. And I love a good color coordination thing. So I basically had a, and my book is actually color coordinated, but so in when I was testing the recipes, it would be marked as like red, if like first time to 10, like definitely need to do again. Orange, if we're almost there. Green, if we're like 
go. Yes, you're safe. Oh, yes. yes, I'm familiar with that. <laughs> the color coding helps. Yeah. Traffic light system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The green makes you feel good. So good. It's gamifying, <laughs> gamifying your task. But you know oh, what yeah. it is? I'm such a perfectionist. So there, I think a lot of them I marked as orange because I was like, maybe I'll just do one more test just to make sure. Yeah. Um, but again, but I think that's what happens, especially when you're, I think what I realized is when you're writing a book, which is like a, a cookbook, it's not like you're writing a fiction novel. There's so much more pressure because this is an instruction base, but you're putting, like, it's so much responsibility. Like, if your recipe's wrong, that's that's your fault. So you have to make sure that everything is so accurate. And so I retested things so many times because I was just so paranoid because it could yeah. be like a fat finger error or something. You never know. So um, but An no, accidental I, zero on the end of an ingredient and oh, someone's put like 600 grams of sugar in something. And you're like, but why? <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, I've just been trying to figure out what fat finger error means and I've just figured it out. That's really, I'm going to be I, using you know, that. I think I got that from finance because you say that in trading. It's like a fat finger error where you like put like a, a zero at the end of a trade. So like, I don't know, a thousand becomes 10,000. But I think you can yeah, also yeah, say yeah. it with... Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I thought you meant like, why does that mean you won't stir the ingredients correctly? <laughs> <laughs> Your oh, hand just can't quite grasp that spoon properly. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so you've mentioned that you had a finance background. Yes. And then that all changed in, was it 2021? So actually, a few days ago was my one year anniversary since I quit my job. So, <gasps> Congrats. Oh my you. gosh. But so yeah, I actually, so Bake Off finished airing in November 2021. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, then obviously all this work starts flying in. I get an agent and it's all very exciting. But I remember thinking, look, I've always wanted to work in food. I'm fascinated by food. I've been obsessed with food the moment I exited the womb. But it was very much like a, like a dream, unattainable career. Like, I mean, who's ever going to be able to get into that industry? So when Bake Off finished, I was like, oh my gosh, could this actually happen? But then I, I'm quite a pessimist in life. So I was like to myself, <laughs> okay, well, realistically, this might not happen. Um, let me just kind of keep going at my day job, just see if I've got a strong enough pipeline, if this can, if I can actually see this turning into a career because I just don't want to quit my job blindly and be like, whoa, I've been on TV, it's all it's You know all what it happen. reminds me of? It reminds me of like the, not to compa compare or anything, but it kind of reminds me of the ex-Love Islanders pipeline. Like you come out and you get like loads and loads yeah, of attention. Yeah. And it's like, is this going to be sustainable or yeah. is it? Yeah, because it can very much be like a, you know, okay, you've come off a show and it's like, okay, cool, everyone loves you for like a month and then the interest goes when the next season comes out. And so there was definitely a lot of fear in that. But I just, so I kind of kept going for like seven months in my day job. Probably a few months too many. Because When I'm, I first met you, you were you were still yes, doing yeah. day job and and all your other food stuff on the side. And yeah. I had no idea how you were doing it. You were so busy already. I was just, and I think I was basically working two full-time jobs. All of my annual leave I used to do all this other stuff on the side, which amen. I mean, I wasn't really getting any rest. I was working two full-time jobs, but also it meant that this career that I really wanted was like an afterthought because my job wasn't a nine to five job. It was like eight to eight, sometimes longer. So I'd finish a busy day of work and then rush to do something else or like test a recipe or I'd have to take time off to, to go for a shoot. And also I couldn't even pull a sickie because if I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm sick of that I'm on TV or I've got public Instagram, they yeah, would yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I basically just, and it got to a point where I was A, running out of annual leave, and I think it just got to a point where I thought, okay, I just need to, I think now's the time. Just rip the band-aid off. Yeah, exactly. But it's it's really scary. It's paid going, off. Yeah. Well, hopefully it touched wood. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, no, but yeah, so far it's been good. But like, yeah, I love it. And I think since I quit my job, I've just, I've just felt so, it sounds really over the top, but I feel like so myself. And I think being able to work in a creative job that you genuinely love, it's obviously, it's a place of privilege. Like I kind of count my blessings every day because 
like turning your hobby into a job is it's like it's wild like, it's, it's the dream it's, it's the, the dream, dream. Mm. yeah um so i wake up every day and it's just it's so fun i love it but i've also had to draw a distinction between cooking and baking as my day job and cooking and baking as a hobby and mm. that has also massively helped because i think that is where it can become very overwhelming and you just never really take a break so now like i will kind of say to myself okay that's it like phone away you're just gonna cook Nice little fridge raid dinner. You're not writing anything not down. Not writing anything down. Nothing's being measured. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes if I make something, I'm like, oh, this is really nice. I'll be like, okay, maybe I'll retest it another day. But like, it's really, really helped because sometimes it's really weird after a long day of either recipe testing or doing a supper club or whatever, I'll come home and be like, I just want to switch off and make dinner. Yeah. And it's actually really weird. And my family's like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, no, but cooking has always been very therapeutic for me. And same with baking. So it's actually nice that I can now draw that distinction as well. It's a really important one to do, I think. Yeah. I'm still getting it. I was going to say, how are you (laughs) finding it? Terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so bad at it. I'm trying to be better. You do have to carve out like, like when you're having like lunch with your family on a Sunday, it's like, this isn't content. This is just lunch with people that you love. This is not. Yeah, you have to tell I don't need to take a photo of any of this. I just need to sit and be present and not be thinking like, Oh, I wish I'd put it in that. How do I monetize this? (laughs) Yeah, Dad, (laughs) switch it on. (laughs) Oh, gosh. When your job is social media, it's so much more difficult. Obviously, yeah, as you say, it's an incredible position of privilege to be in, but it takes its toll, man. And it's like one of the, it's also like one of the relatively easiest jobs there is out there. And I'm not denying that for a second, but like, yeah, it, it, when do you switch off? When do you know like where to draw the line? I kind of, I think also with um something like, I talk quite a lot about um working in food and drink and how you're expected to live like this hedonistic lifestyle. Mm. And you're meant to like eat and drink and then sometimes your body doesn't feel your own. Like, and yeah. also people who look like they've like, eaten and drunk shitloads like aren't necessarily like the bodies that are celebrated in the industry either yeah i find it so interesting but yeah yeah. it's it's a really good point and so well a the part about social media so for me social media i very much treat it as as a job which really helps because Mm. then it means that i don't spend my whole life on it like i use it to post like it's mainly food stuff or like big life updates but I'm very much like okay if I'm gonna go like if I'm out with my friends I'm not like documenting the whole dinner on my phone like yeah Yeah. I always take photos of my food but I just do that anyway because I like to keep a just like a little repository of the things I eat yeah um but I'm like and I think it just helps because my whole life isn't on my my public Instagram which I think can be very dangerous and that is when you kind of start to lose a sense of your actual life because everything is online so for me like my job my social media is like a part of my job it's more like a portfolio almost like that yeah is totally. that's a good way to view it that's and a really like, good way to view it and i think that really helps me to like be like okay this isn't my life it's just a section of my job um and the stuff about eating kind of eating what you want and like bodies not being celebrated i think is also a really good point and i think i am very like i'm very much an intuitive eater so i just eat what i want um and it's so funny because i get so many people being like oh like do you eat all this food or how do you eat this food? And, you know, whatever, like, do you work out? And I'm like... They mean it as a compliment, but it's but like a like, really strange thing to say. Yeah, and like, p- people mean well, but I think for me, I'm just like, eat what you want. And like, it shouldn't matter. Like, I don't I don't work out to burn off my food. I work out so I'm not panting when I walk up the stairs. Like that for me <laughs> yeah, is like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also don't really enjoy exercise. So I just find exercise when I can, but just to do it so I can kind of enjoy it to stay fit. But it's taken me a while to get that. I think social media and a lot of stuff and I think I hate to say it but also to be fair men experience it as well but there are just lots of there's a lot of toxicity in terms of like body image and 
what you should eat. But I think I'm now at a point where I'm like, I'm going to eat what I want when I want. But sometimes that might be like, oh, I want to eat a salad. So for example, I've like finished my trip in America having eaten incredible food, but a lot of heavy food, a lot of yeah, ice cream. Yeah. And I literally was on the plane back like, I just want some crisp lettuce. Like it would be really yeah. nice right now. Like a big bowl of like strawberries. So like there are just certain things you crave, but like if I'm out and I'm like, oh, I really want the cheese toasty, I will eat the cheese toasty. But I also think food is, and obviously I think we all think the same, like food is such a big part of life. So when you're eating out, like you want to eat, you want to eat the good food. Why would I go to a restaurant and like order the healthiest thing on the menu when there is something incredible that I'll never yeah. get anywhere else? Why are you spending money on not having a nice time? Exactly. Especially yeah. when you're traveling into places yeah. that you may not necessarily go to again. Yeah. Like on this American tour, I'm sure you've hit up some spots that oh maybe it was the first time you've been in certain yeah. cities. Like what were the what were the highlights of places you went and also, importantly, things that you ate. Like, oh top gosh. three things you ate on the trip. Oh, this is so hard. Okay. Very good question. So, oh, my God, there were so many great things. Okay, in New York, I mean, the food there is amazing, and I mm. had so much good food. This trip, the highlight, there's a place called Thai Diner. It's. Have you been? I've not, but I've heard incredible things. Oh, my gosh, everything was incredible. So, I think the high... I mean, everything we ate was really good, but it's the sort of, like, Thai fusion restaurant... We got this egg roll wrap, but it's basically like a roti. It's like really flaky roti, mm. um, like a fluffy egg, this sausage flavoured with all these like Thai spices, a bit of chilli oil. Oh my gosh, it was just, it was amazing. Like every bite was just like a flavour explosion in my mouth. It was so good. So that in New York. Then in San Francisco, I went to this bakery called Bread Belly. And I got, it was like this um, Korean... Korea, it was like a Pan-Asian fusion bakery because it had some Korean stuff and it had some Japanese stuff. I got this cheese toasty. It was um, toasted milk bread, gochujang mayo, mm. like a mixture of mushrooms. It had like shimeji, oyster, like everything. American cheese and mozzarella and then <gasps> some other like pickled cabbage. I'm really salivating. Oh, it Stop. was that honestly, amazing. I, because I was solo dining, I sat there. I got this and there's also this like yuzu americano also really interesting and I just sat there by myself and usually when you get a big sandwich you kind of share it with someone else but I was like guess I'm eating the whole thing <laughs> and I sat there just eating it like closing my eyes like oh my gosh this is so good <laughs> um that was incredible and then the third thing there are so many but LA so I didn't I didn't realize this I'm just very naive is the place to go for Amer for Mexican food so yeah it's everyone That's that you have say. to eat and oh my gosh so I went by myself to these two little taco trucks one place I had birria tacos, but I got this goat birria taco and with like the consomme and just sat there in just every bite was like the meat was falling apart in my mouth, the cheese, the crispy taco, the little pickled red onions, everything was just like just popping off my mouth. And then I went to this other place called Mariscos Jaliscos or something and they did like fish tacos and it was like such a contrast. It was like this... I got a crispy prawn taco and it was like raw prawns, like just in a bit of like lime juice and stuff with like, oh my gosh, I just can't explain, but it was like so, it was like aguachile, which is like their spicy, like... It's kind of like spicy water. Yeah, and it was just every bite you was like fresh, like jalapenos, coriander, the this fresh seafood and I just sat there eating it, like with like taco juice running down my leg and it was amazing. The produce out there just tastes so different. Yeah. You could try and make the same thing here. And like the limes don't taste the same. The yeah. prawns don't taste the same. Well, so controversially, I never really opt for Mexican food when I'm in London. I just... We've talked about this before. Yeah. Yeah. I just... 
I, so w- w- like here, I'll eat like I love like Middle Eastern food or like Pan Asian and stuff. But if someone's like, "What do you want to eat?" I will never m- suggest Mexican food. But if I'm in America, yeah, Mexican yeah. food is really, really good out there. So, Unreal. Yeah. I would love to know your thoughts on solo dining. Me and yes. Hannah were actually just yeah. talking about this. I'm trying to get over my fear of eating out alone. And it sounds like on your book tour, you were doing lots of it. How so did you find it. it? So yeah, so my fear with solo dining is basically mainly that I like eating out with people because I get to order loads of food and share it. This is exactly and, what yes, Sophie was saying. Yes. Yes. And like, that for me is the reason why I don't solo dine because I'm greedy and I'm selfish and I want to eat everything on the menu. So I need someone to eat it with. And you don't want the waiter to be like, okay, What's she's just ordered 10 dishes. And but also the waste. The waste the as waste. well, yeah. yeah. But as long as you can find a way not to waste it, just go out and and I remember so the first time I did it I went to a bakery and it's this place called Libre Bakery in New York and it's this amazing fusion bakery and they had so many incredible things and I was just like damn it why didn't I bring someone but I was I'm just gonna get three three pastries which I think is doable yeah. so I got one savory two sweet all very different and I sat there by myself and I was just when you appreciate your food which you do it's it's actually really nice because a, you can go to where you want, eat what you want, and you don't have your friends being like, Christelle, why are we traveling for one hour to eat a pastry? But that is the stuff I love doing, and yeah. some, some of my friends hate it. So I was literally, what was so nice about it was I was eating what I wanted when I wanted, and because I'm such a food-centric person, my trips, even though I was on a work trip, I was trying to plan my whole days around where I was eating, and I don't mind traveling for food. I will travel one hour, two hours to eat one tiny little taco if I know it's going to be the best taco of my life. And you can <laughs> do that because you have no rules. No one is... You don't have to make any compromise. You don't have to go to a random fancy rooftop because your friend wants to go there. You can literally go to your little hole in the wall places. And I just, and I think the more I did it, the more comfortable I got with it. Um, and I just loved it. And I think at the beginning, I was quite self-conscious. Like, oh, are people judging me? And I was like, actually, people aren't really looking. And B, if they're looking, they're probably quite jealous. Like, well, this girl gets to eat all this food by herself. <laughs> so I actually yeah. really, really enjoyed it. And you're also never going to see them again. That's what but I yeah. always say. Yeah. I'm like, you're, you're never going to see any of these people again. But also, so like what what is someone gonna like realistically if someone sees someone eating three pastries like what are they gonna say like she shouldn't be eating that like i just don't i just actually if i saw that personally i'd be quite jealous like oh her food looks really good because yeah. everywhere i went i was eating very good food and i just sat there and i was just smiling to myself like having the best time ever so i just i loved it and i think the more you do it the more you get into the zone and the more you appreciate your food because Sometimes when you're at a meal, you're like chatting so much to the other person that you're like sort of chatting, chatting, chatting. Oh, taking a bite. You're not actually paying attention. Yeah. And I feel like you're not eating mindfully when you're out for dinner with yeah. friends on a Friday night. Eating with your mouth you full. Yeah. Eating with your mouth full. Yeah. You're just like wiping your fingers through plates and yeah. you're doing it appreciatively, but you're not paying attention yeah. to yeah. the food no, as so much true. as you might be if Exactly. You were. And also you then realise because when you eat alone, you're not having a conversation with someone. So your meal times are shorter as they are. So I would literally sit down to eat and be like, oh, actually, I've got an hour. So then I would like take a bite, pause, be like, oh, like, have a look at what's in this. Oh, this is really nice. Have a sip of my drink. Be like, oh, this is amazing. Go for another <laughs> bite. And you just like, honestly, like it sounds like so dramatic, but you actually just appreciate what you're eating. Mm. And you just have more time because you're sort of sitting there. And so- sometimes I would be like, wow. I like speak to myself. Be like, this is amazing. I was like, what's wrong with me? But like, you can do that. It was honestly, yeah. I would love to be like a fly on the wall looking at myself eating. Because sometimes I literally be like gasping like, oh, this is amazing. I can see the headlines now. Oh my God, that 
that reminds me. Um, when I was um, looking at uh, looking up to find some bios, there was a headline that was so oh. clickbaity. It was hilarious. Oh, no. It says, Christelle Pereira confirms everything we always suspected about Noel Fielding. No, and it literally what? says, and then I'm like, oh, my God. Because like the, he- the title image is just him looking a bit tired and oh, unshaven. No. And the article's literally, yeah, he's really nice, actually. Like, honestly, <laughs> I hate clickbait. Do you know what the worst thing is? So, like, I'm quite an expressive person with my face. So there were lots of like photos taken of me like looking like in Bake Off looking very shocked. Like they oh. always they always do that. Do you know yeah. what they've done? So BuzzFeed have now taken that photo of me and they have used it as clickbait on all of these random articles that have got nothing to do with me. So it'll be like the ten worst things that a bride has done to her bridesmaids. And, and it's a gift photo of you. Me. What is going on? And they've done it for like the 10 worst FBI mistakes ever made in history with a photo with me. And I'm like, what is going on? Being falsely accused of a lot of stuff you've got yeah, done. Like, guys, I am not associated <laughs> with this, please. Yes. That is so funny. Yeah. Oh my God. I, I really want to find this. But... <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, I realize we've it. not eaten or drank yes. anything. Oh my gosh. We've been getting so excited and getting straight into the meaty <laughs> stuff that we haven't even cracked open the delicious bottle we've got with us. Oh my gosh, this Gars. looks lovely. Han, what we got? So, Christelle does not drink, which means that I got to experiment, have a little bit of fun, but also slide into the DMs of a non-alcoholic uh, drinks producer that I absolutely adore. Oh. They are real drinks, but I pronounce them as real drinks. Real. Like, like real. real, like real. <laughs> Madrid. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> <Real> <laughs> drinks. Um, uh, they're absolutely incredible. I went to go and visit their um, fermentary, I suppose, um, a couple of months ago, uh, based out um, in the English countryside. Absolutely beautiful. They make um, all of these fermented sparkling teas, essentially. So they Ooh. work very closely with farmers in India. Um, they usually kind of get like the first flushes of all of the teas. They combine them and blend them in these gorgeous, massive stainless steel vats. And they are so beautiful and gorgeous. They are such a great wine replacement. Is it similar to kombucha then, if it's like a fermented? Yeah, it's kind of like a fermented um, kombucha. So I think they their brand name used to be Real Kombucha, but now they've moved to like real drinks. Because oh, nice. um, it's less of a kombucha, more of a yeah, more of a tea. But it is, Yum. this is kind of like akin to maybe like a sparkling chardonnay so that's something that spent time on leaves it's like very aromatic floral very juicy very peachy oh, i'm gonna crack open the bottle and hope that it doesn't fizz over oh my like gosh i remember oh, yeah. once doing this i was um was on holiday once with like loads of friends and stupidly someone decided to get kombucha as a mixer this is like when no. i used to drink and um and i didn't realize it was fizzy so i was shaking the bottle opened it and literally put kombucha everywhere all over this guy's flat and I was like I'm just gonna leave now I'm so sorry Oh, no. Yeah, I'm really into having kombucha instead of alcohol in mm. the summer now. It's, there's like loads of brands that do them really beautiful bottles like this. Yeah. One called LA Brewery. Oh, Have yes. you had their oh, one? Oh my gosh, incredible. They're so, Their so rosé one. Yes, is like, rosé is amazing. so lovely. And like, yeah, this is a similarly delicious one, but the same kind of vibe of like... Yeah, the Fancy bottle. bottle looks like champagne. Because I think like... I, I, so I stopped drinking like just over a year ago and not like there wasn't any specific thing, but I was just, I mean, I've got long COVID, my body just gets really exhausted and whatever. And I was just a bit like, oh, do I really, I just, I feel like the buzz of drinking for me, it wasn't really, thank you. I just wasn't really like that into it. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think more of it was just, I think a lot of drinking is actually kind of you have a drink in your hand and whatever. And, and so I was like, let me just come off it. And I actually didn't really miss it, but I'll still put alcohol and like my cooking and my baking. 
But now, like, if I go out, like, stuff like this, like, I love a sparkling kombucha. And it's just sometimes just something nice to sip on. Yeah. Without, actually, I just don't really like, like, the effects of alcohol on me. I feel mm. like in the last few years, there have be become so many brands doing amazing alcohol-free oh, wow. so spirits, beers, wines, yeah. things like this kombucha. And also just, like, alcohol-free cocktail making. Yeah. I feel like has got really good. Really, really good. Yeah. Like, that before, I would never get a mocktail because it would always just be really sugary juice. stuff. Yeah. It's just and I'm juice. Like, I never yeah. get it. Like, nine quid for juice. Yeah. You Whereas now, like, some of the mocktail menus i'm like oh okay this sounds really nice yeah yeah because yeah. i don't like things that as a baker weirdly i don't like things that are too sickly sweet i like just things that are quite balanced and quite mm. fresh especially with drinks so i would never go for mocktail but now i'm finding there's a lot of really nice mocktail stuff and like, mm. like yeah, stuff yeah. like this is is great but that's why like I, I made the point when we were um at the distillery like usually when you have uh, non-alcoholic wines usually they've been like de-alcoholized so because the alcohol burn isn't there anymore, mm. it can feel really sugary. It becomes really obvious, like, how much of a wine is sugar. Yeah. Uh, so you kind of almost need, like, that. There's a, there's another really interesting um, non-alcoholic drinks brand to add um, chili oil to kind of re recreate the alcohol wow. burn. Wow. What are they call Blurred Vines? Blurred Vines, yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh, I want to try this. That's really good. But this is absolutely amazing as well. It's, like, balanced, right? Mm. It's fresh. Like, it's um in the same it's way that really wine is fruity over sweet. It's kind of got that dryness, I guess, from the tannins in the yeah. tea. Yeah, exactly. No, That's I really, really love this. And to yeah. eat with our kombucha. <gasps> Not that I've been staring got... at it the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is classic movie magic where we make food and it sits getting like a bit cold in front of us because <laughs> we get too overexcited and chat. But because I knew we were having something that had kind of like champagne-y notes to it, mm -hmm. I thought I'd go for something cheesy. But it's <gasps> yeah. lucky because today's sponsor is Julian Bruno Ooh, who makes thank the you, best Bruno. plant based cheeses. So I was like, well, great, I'll just do one of those. So wait. we've got some harissa pan con tomate. We're deep in tomato season. So I thought, yes. good to get those guys involved. So I've literally just grated some big beefy tomatoes, mm. salted them in a sieve over a bowl to take out some of the liquid. I've added some of the liquid back in because I do like it to be a bit soft. Yeah. As well as olive oil and rose harissa paste. <gasps> the Bellazoo one in this case, because yes. it is the best one. Um, and then mix that all together check the seasoning and then just put it on a nice olive oily sourdough toast that's been rubbed with a bit of garlic. Mm, and so then good. I just put some of that Julian Bruno Superstratia on top, which is like their plant-based Stracciatella. I'm excited to try it. You are it. speaking I, to me. Mm. I haven't so had any of their stuff in so long. It's um, so very delicious. Excited. Oh my God, yeah, yeah, no, no, go, go in, go in. This is the part of the podcast we all eat with our mouths oh, open. My goodness, I cannot wait. Yum, yum, yum. I can't tell if our toast has now gone a bit soggy with the tomatoes. Mm. I love that cheese so much. Wow. Do you know what? Because I'm quite sceptical about plant-based alternatives to things like vegan cheese or vegan ice cream. Same. So many of them have just folded. Like several companies have just gone under. They've like what? reduced their rate. I know like um, Heck Sausages have stopped making most of their vegan sausages and stuff. Oh, really? So I think there was a big boom where people were making loads and they've realised the appetite is actually less than yeah. they suspected. But that's really good because I think usually with like a vegan cheese or a vegan ice cream, for me, I'm like, you can just, you can taste that it's not real. It tastes mm. like coconut. Yeah, well, exactly. Most of them, they just taste coconutty and yeah. I don't want it to taste of coconut. I want it to taste <laughs> like cheese. But that's so good. And I remember I was in, um, when I was in America, I went to an ice cream because I have... I'm obsessed with ice cream. Like, it's actually quite unhealthy. Like, um, <laughs> I was having, like, six scoops of ice cream a day because I was having two mm. portions. Some after lunch, some after dinner. And obviously, because I was solo dining, I was like, well, I guess I'll get three scoops myself because I want to try so many flavours. But I went to this one place and I was obviously, like, sampling them all. 
And he was like, do you want to try our vegan one? I was like, yeah, go on. And it was a vegan blueberry pie. And I was one of my favorite flavors. So I got that as one of my main scoops. Mm. It was delicious. What was it made with, do you know? So that one was actually, it was called a coconut blueberry pie. So that one was coconutty, but on purpose. And that was really, really good. But I also went to a really good place in Seattle. And it was called, oh, what was it called? It's going to annoy me. Let me find it. Go on. It was really, really good. And all this place was like very big on like basically actually the very healthy route with like everything's kind of well a lot of the stuff is made with like without without refined sugar and stuff which again mm-hmm. sort of freaks me out because I'm a bit like ah but it was so good the flavor I had oh no this isn't gonna load uh well I'll find it later but the one I had had it was flavored with pine uh huh mm. it was pine and smoked vanilla ice cream with cardamom and maca shortbread cookies i don't know what they did but it was creamy it wasn't too sweet it was smoky it was like fragrant it was amazing oh but like all God, of their flavors so were like clever. but they the, i like the way they did it because it was very plant forward to the, they kind of just put stuff together to make vegan ice cream it was all based around healthy ingredients which were naturally vegan which is the stuff i prefer anyway when it comes to vegan food totally mm. vegan food is naturally occurring super delicious lots mm. of the time and it can be really hard to get processed products trying to emulate other things that taste as good as, like, a chickpea can taste. Oh, my God. I really I want... think Julian Bruno is, like, one of the only brands that I really mm. back I'm so do impressed. It. In it's terms amazing. of cheese, like, yeah, it tends to be a bit plasticky. Um, in terms of, like, meat substitutes, I went to an event where they 3D print meat. Mm. It was no, insane. I remember this. Yeah, yeah, redefine meat. Like, it's like this, you can get, like, a shank. Oh no. my god, it looks so meaty. It's so meaty. And they had like um uh what do you call it? Uh chimichurri um steak kind but of just like being it, passed around. How does it work when you 3D print meat? I suppose you just have the fibers and you No, I have no idea. That's wild. My teeny brain can't compete. Yeah, I'm literally like, like what? I can't. I'm trying to figure out. Did it taste like actual meat? It tasted like actual meat. It was insane. So yeah, you can get the tenderloin, the strip loin, the beef flank, not a shank. So incredible. Controversially, that's quite controversial. Go on. I'm just not a fake meat kind of girl. I'm not a Satan girl. So, that's okay. I think lots of people would agree with you there. I think for me, like actually vegan cheese, I think on the dairy side, I'm less fussed because a lot of it is naturally made anyway. And I think this is very much my own personal opinion because I eat meat. So I don't see it from a vegan's point of view. But I'm just like, I just. If I'm going to eat meat, I'd rather know what I'm eating than eat something that's a bit mm-hmm. more processed. Totally. Um, but I love, like, I love naturally vegan stuff. So if I'm going to eat a vegan burger, I want to eat, like, something that's got mushrooms or, like, it's like a nice veggie patty with beans and whatever in it, rather than have something that emulates meat. Because then, like, if I'm going to eat a meat burger, I'll just eat a meat burger. But that's yeah, because totally. I eat meat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even, like, my sister who's been vegan, she's been veggie since she was, like, 11. So she's been veggie for nearly 20 years. Mm. And she's been vegan for a lot of that time as well. She says that the ones that are really meaty do not appeal to her at all. Really? But I think it's because it's she hasn't eaten meat used so to long eat that meat. it feels really uncomfortable. Fine, yeah. She's like, this isn't, I don't want my food to taste like meat. Mm. I want it to taste good. Yeah. And the fact that it resembles meat so closely is actually made, makes it quite uncomfortable yeah, to consume. Yeah. Maybe it's for people that have been eating meat and yeah. to kind of like wean them off, I suppose. I think yeah, that's like, I think like, 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 doing like breast milk formula or something yeah. like that. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> I do get to... it. I get, I obviously get why people eat it because obviously for someone who is like 
stopped eating meat because they wanted to do something good for the environment. It might not be that they didn't like the taste of it. So they still want to eat it. So I do get it from a vegan's point of view. But for me personally, as like a meat eater, I just, I'm just going to eat the, the beef burger. Yeah. <laughs> if you had to choose one meat to eat forever and you had to banish all the other ones. One animal to save. Oh, that's... Oh. All the other animals are dead. Which oh, animal yeah. do you save? It's a hard one because... So I usually eat chicken most often, but like my favorite meat's probably lamb. But then that's more of like I have it on a special occasion. Yeah. But that is obviously, I think that's the tastiest. But then do I save the tastiest cut of meat that I eat like once a month? Or do I go for like the... Go for the the one who's good with everything, the yeah, all-rounder. Yeah, I think the chicken because... We have a lot of chicken curry, chicken biryani, like you can do like chicken kebabs, chicken skewers, mm. like breaded chicken. Yeah, chicken. Just because Chicken's we, like, even though I prefer like the lamb, we just eat so much chicken. Yeah. Um, and chicken thighs, chicken thighs, oh. all the way. Chicken thighs save lives. I, I <laughs> well, you will never catch me using chicken breast in any recipe. I just. <gasps> I think I would only use a chicken breast for like, um, like an escalope. Oh, yeah. That's like the one occasion that I'd, I would reach for a chicken breast yeah. over a thigh. a thigh. Am I being a moron? I only use chicken breasts. Am I being stupid? Oh, no, not at all. No, no, no. no. What, what's, that, what's, <laughs> the, what's the beef against chicken? The, the, so chicken breasts. <laughs> <laughs> what's the beef against chicken? So they're, so they're way less fatty than thighs, mm -hmm. which generally means less flavour. It means they dry out more quickly when you cook them. Yeah. So thighs stay juicier yeah. and more flavour. It's like the white meat versus the brown meat on yeah. the roast. So they, and their thighs are cheaper, they're tastier, they're juicier, they're harder to overcook. So for me, it's just always a no-brainer. Like yeah. Yeah. curries, thighs, chicken thighs. But breasts, I think people generally still get quite icked by brown meat a lot of the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like the general consensus of people in the world is still that breast is best. Yeah. yeah. But, but the I thighs save lives. The thighs, thighs save lives. lives. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I like that. I, I wanted to actually ask you, we were talking a little bit about it before we started recording, mm. but I find the Great British Bake Off pipeline so fascinating because a lot of people like work in the industry and then they build their way up and then they do their first bit of TV and they find out whether they like it or not. Mm. Whereas you're plunged straight in at the deep end. How, how prepared did you feel for it? Was it something that you always knew you would end up doing being on telly oh my gosh no so obviously like you don't i mean i didn't think i was going to get on the show first of all so i applied thinking, what's the application process like oh my gosh it's like 10 stages <gasps> so i yeah like so you have like a, a written interview then you have like a telephone call then you have another call then you have um a screen test and you get invited for an in-person audition then you've got to like cook and you've got to bake and talk at the same time whilst being filmed then you've got to do a health assessment a psychotherapy assessment so many things but basically I I wasn't going to apply. And then I looked, I was doing a bit of research and I actually found out that a lot of people, past contestants, like applied three times before they got on. So I was like, okay, fine. I'll apply this year, get rejected. And maybe by my third attempt, I'll be more likely to get on. By that point, I'll have three more years of baking experience under my belt. So I applied, genuinely didn't think I'd get on. And then I got on. Oh my God. <laughs> but I was panicked. My fam, my mum was, and every time I was getting through to like the next stage in the application process, my mum was like, Christelle, like, are you sure you're not going to get on because you're not ready? I was like, no, don't worry, mum, I'm not going to get on. Like, it's fine. Because we were all just very panicked because like, I was not ready for this. Um, They're like, this is going to make brilliant TV. I know. <laughs> so, so when I got on, I panicked because I was, I'm going to embarrass myself on national TV. Like, I'm not ready. Like, my baking is so not up to scratch. Um, but in terms of like the TV side, I basically went into it saying to myself, my only assignment on this show is to bake. I'm not here to be a certain way for TV. And I think you can tell when there are people that come on and they're like 
um, people are here to see, but they think that people are here to see them. Yeah. They're not doing yeah. the baking first. But I also just think you then, you're not able to concentrate because it can get very overwhelming because you're doing a very stressful bake. You've then got so many cameras in your face. You've got a producer talking to you the whole time. You've got the judge and the presenters there as well. So there's so much to focus on. So I was like, I'm going to focus on what I've been told to do, which is make my little showstopper and get on with it. And if there are cameras, cool. Like, let the cameras take what they want. I'm going to chat to my producer and just have a merry old chat about what I'm doing. And that's it. And I think that really helped me focus on what I was doing and actually just sort of letting the cameras take what they wanted. And so I never actually found the cameras very stressful. I, apart from when things go wrong, you have every single camera in your face because obviously they want to capture when yeah. your chocolate's melting or your cake's collapsing. But even then, I still had to try and block them out. So I remember I was making a cake and it was very hot and it's it's going a little bit wonky and I'm like, keep going. And I just had all these cameras in my face, but my coping mechanism was talking to myself, which a lot of the bakers um, like realized. So I would just be like, it's fine, Christelle, you've got this, just keep going. Like, and it really <laughs> helped me because like, you've got, there's so, it's so frantic. I think talking to myself just really helped me just I bet they love that though. Yeah, I, bet, like I bet that was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet that made for really good TV though. <laughs> Emotional wow. words. If, if you're not going to encourage yourself, so what about the, um, did, uh, are you about to confirm everything that we suspected about Noel Fielding? Was, <laughs> was he really, really, was he, was he really nice? He or was, are they quite stressful to be around? When... Do you know what? It was actually a breath of fresh air. And I think having Matt and Noel there, because the tent can get very stressful, they're just there to have a little laugh with you. And actually, Yes, they can come at a really stressful moment when you're baking, but it just reminds you, we're all there to have a bit it's of a fun. It's a game, it's a game. Literally, it's, okay. it's, like, it's a fun, light-hearted show. And actually, so anytime they came over, I was like, yeah, okay, I'm here to have fun. I'm not here to get stressed out. And I remember before I left for the tent, I was getting really stressed out. My sister said to me, they were like, Christelle, I'd rather you go on the show, you go out in week one, but you've had the best time ever, then you make it to the final and you've been stressed out the whole time. And I was like, yeah, you're so right. So I think... I went in being like, I'm going to focus on my bakes, but I'm also going to have a good time. And I think Matt and Noel really helped you mm. just sort of relax a bit, have a bit of a laugh and just remember that you're just there to have fun. So actually they were, yeah. Of course it was in COVID. So we, did you have to self-isolate? You had yes! to kind of go. Oh, you were in the stations that were like in, miles away from each other. Yeah, yeah. in kind of a big block. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had to get seven weeks signed off work. That was fun. Because I was working finance at the time. And I remember being like, when I got the call to say I was, on the show they were like oh do you think you can get time sign off work I was like yeah yeah we'll be fine obviously I'm like this will not be fine <laughs> we'll like, figure it out you just gotta make it work yeah. and I remember because I remember when I had applied I was like well I'm obviously not gonna tell my manager I've applied for Bake Off because A I'm not gonna get on and B she'll be like well why have you applied for Bake Off when you've got a full time job like what's wrong with you so I never <laughs> even thought about it when I got on I think that was one of the most stressed out moments I had was when I had to tell my team so I like put in a call with my manager and I was just like look Something's come up. Um, it's kind of going to affect my work. Uh, do you watch The Great British Bake Off? <laughs> and she was honestly like the best reaction. She was like, oh my gosh, this is the best news ever. Like, I hope oh. you win. Um, and so my plan was actually, I was going to tell her I'd applied for the show, gauge her reaction. And then, I don't know, cross that bridge. But she literally just got it straight away. She was like, oh my God, I can't believe you've got on the show. She was so supportive. So yeah, I had to get seven weeks sign off work. My managers had to be part of my NDA. So the rest of my team didn't know. So they were like to my team. Yeah, something terrible's happened. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I hate to say it, but like in the corporate finance world, if you're taking sort of leave and they were literally like, oh, Christelle's going to be off work for a bit. We're not sure when she'll be back. Everyone was like, you're She's there. had a serious breathing. Yeah, or, or like stress. Or, or yeah. So 
they were like, oh, Christelle, like, I hope you're okay. Take up all the time you need. And I was like, everyone, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. <laughs> uh, I'm literally it, making cake in the Cotswolds. Yeah. How many people were you able to tell? So your manager, obviously. So my managers, my the people I lived with, so like my, fa- my immediate family, and then... I could tell a small group of friends because anyone who I film my backstory, so you know when they're like, oh, Chris Ella's at home with her family and whatever. Yeah. So we did that. And then also I felt felt really bad because there was a scene that I filmed with my friends doing Zumba, but they never aired it. And my friends were like, oh, we never got to be on TV. But because we filmed that, then I obviously told like a really close group of my friends, which I'm so glad I did because my friends are so nosy. So like, I remember when... I got on the show, I hadn't told them initially, but I was like, I had so much prep to do. So I was like, oh, by the way, I'm not going to really be coming out that much because I've got work exams. And they were like, what do you mean work exams? Like, what work exams are they? I was like, you don't need to know. And they were already asking so many questions. And I was like, I cannot deal with them. They're so annoying. <laughs> like, what are you hiding from us? Do you have the yeah. secret other group of it's friends like, that you're not telling us about? Literally, off the face of the earth for seven weeks is quite... yeah. Is, is a lot. It's a lot. It's and a then lot. the worst thing is, is when I came back from filming, there was still like two months before the show aired. So it's another period of limbo. So I was going out to parties and chatting to people. And they're like, where have you been? And I was like, yeah, you know, just work exams. And they're like, oh, what exams? I was like, just can you just stop? Yeah, don't, should, don't worry about it. I, I didn't like, think this far down the conversation. Literally. <laughs> and then let alone how far you get in the competition, yeah. not being able to talk about that. Well, exactly. So then when obviously it obviously came out that I was on the show, I was just like, oh, just don't expect a lot. So I was just also like, you know... Whatever, I just don't want people to know. Um, and I think I played it down so much when I went into work that after week one, my colleagues were like, oh my gosh, Crystal, you made it to week two. And I was like, yeah! Like, you're actually quite good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Did you have a lot of people crawling out the woodwork when you got on the bake-off oh, or since? Um, like, kind of past figures, former friends, former flames... I had a few former flames yeah. being like, oh, I saw you on TV. And I was like, ew, that's so cringe. <laughs> Go away. Yeah, and I just, I actually just didn't open their message. I was like, sorry, I got lost in my sea of GMs. I'm sorry, but like, I'm not a snob, but when it comes to old flames who have ghosted me, I'm not exactly going to be like, oh yeah, cool. No, so, no I just, bloody way. I was like, I think that's quite embarrassing. But I think on the, do you know what? I actually had a quite a nice positive experience, but like, like girls from my school who like, just I was never that close with were like messaging me like oh I just want to say like you're doing so well and I thought that was really sweet like yeah. just actually people just reaching out like not like clout chasing or whatever but just genuinely being very supportive so I had more of that and then obviously a few dodgy flames just resurfacing <laughs> and I was just like let me just extinguish that it's a bit embarrassing yeah none of that none of that how how do you have it in your dating life now like do you have men being like oh my god it's Christelle so <clears throat> interestingly so I just use the standard dating apps. I just find things like Raya, which is like the kind of... Cringe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just think it's, it's like the famous person yeah. one. Yeah. And I was like, get on it. Know. And I was like, I just think it's a bit elitist, personally. Yeah. Um, no, no offense. I'm sure people, I mean, people have used it and they've like yeah. found partners. But I, pers- I, I, I just have a feeling there'll just, there'll be a certain type of people on there. I just, totally. I don't know if I'm ready. When you use the word elite, like as a choice on a dating app, then you're definitely going to get a certain kind of person. Like, yes. Yeah, exactly. they think you kind of like need to a kind of pedigree to date people someone. who put themselves into that category yeah. you know what I mean I'm elite that's me yes that's me. a little bit yeah so I, I just kind of use the standard apps but I only started using them fairly, just because actually to be fair since I've been really busy and I was actually you know, do you know what I do want to kind of get back on the scene so I get a mixture. So some people on apps will literally be like, oh my gosh, is this you? What a poor Hollywood hand feel like? And I'm like, oh, for God's sake. I'm like, what is this hand Yeah, I'm like, not here for this. Yeah, or some people will see me on an app and then they'll DM me like, hey, Chriselle, saw you on an app. Like, do you want to? I'm like, 
That's not going to help. The app is already there for you to message me on. Yeah. yeah. Also, like, it's like when people say, like, is there any, have you got an email? I'm like, yes. Oh, no, that's your agent's email. I was like, yeah, there's a reason that my agent's yeah, email is in the bio. Exactly. Because <laughs> I want you to email them. So yeah. like, don't, don't try, try and, like, yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, so that's a bit of a weird one. But in terms of, like, obviously, when I do meet someone, like, I, I genuinely, I don't think, like, I'm not, I'm not like a, a big star, I'm not like a big deal or whatever. So for me, I'm like, my job's my job but equally I don't I'll never volunteer information like oh I've been on TV or bagel just because I find the whole thing like quite cringe and like yeah oh, I can imagine. I, it's, it's just I think <gasps> when it comes to dating only when it comes to dating I just sort of wish I worked in finance because it's just easier to talk about like, yeah yeah totally. finance cool whatever move on whereas now so I'll be like it's quite mysterious to say oh what do you do I worked in finance yeah. And I just don't offer up any <laughs> more information. It. That's yeah. all I do. <laughs> so what do you do now? Not telling. <laughs> I think you're a spy. <laughs> yes. Oh, that could be a good one. Yeah. But yeah, so I'll just now be like, oh yeah, I'm like a cook and a baker. And they're like, oh, cool. Um, so what do you do? Like, do you have a restaurant? I'm like, no, like I develop recipes for like myself or brands or magazines. Like, oh, whatever. Um, and then, yeah, so I was on a date. Actually, this is really funny. So I was on a, I think this, so I was chatting to this guy on Hinge, and then he was like, what do you do? I was like, oh, I cook and I bake. He goes, oh, your bake's like GBBO type bakes. And I was like, uh, and I was like, what? well, what do you know about Bake Off? And he was like, oh, I know they make really cool cakes on there, like invisible stuff. Are your cakes like that? Or do your cakes sink in the middle? I was like, oh, my cakes never sink in the middle. So I was like, okay, so he knows about Bake Off, but does he know and he's playing it down? I was like, I just, I just feel like he just didn't watch my season. So I was like, okay. And we ended up going on a date and um, the date was going really well. And then he was, and then I mentioned I worked in finance. He was like, oh, wait, so how did you get into food? And I was like, um, uh, like just one day the stars aligned and I just ended up in food. He was like, no, 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 you missed out <laughs> on a big no, chunk. No, 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 there were like, steps here. Yeah, and I was off, oh, got taken. I just had to obviously rip off the bandaid. I was like, well, um, I went on, um, you know, the, the Great British Bake Off. And he was the, the like, what? The what? And he was <laughs> like, wait, what? And he was like, wait, so you've been on TV? I was like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, because you said you watched Bake Off. He's like, yeah, I just must have missed your season. I was like, it's probably a good thing. <laughs> I was like, that would have been so awful. So yeah, it's um, once I was actually on a date and I was on the tube with a guy and we were on our way back. And then this guy came up to me and said, are you Christelle from Bake Off? I was like, not now, not now. <laughs> and like, I honestly don't mind if people recognize me. It's fine. And people are really lovely. But I was like, do you know what? Like, I just felt so awkward oh, when you're on a date it. and if you've not really broached that yeah. bit yet. I, th I think it's probably quite hard when you're as accomplished as you are to not sound boastful when you're talking about your achievements. I think it's a natural thing when you have a job that is like incredibly interesting and you're clearly incredibly good at it for people to be like, oh, wow, she loves talking about that. But <laughs> in, 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 you know, if you still worked in finance and you were like, yeah, you know, I do this, people wouldn't be like, oh, God, she loves talking about yeah, her job, yeah. doesn't she? But yeah. I also think, I mean, I hate, I don't like sweeping generalizations, but a lot of women are self-deprecating and I'm just totally. definitely one of them and I'm just yeah. a self-deprecating person. So even in a normal situation, I just, I play down. I, or I just thought I'd play down, but I'm just always like, oh, whatever. Like, it's not a big deal sort of thing. Um, yeah. And so it was really funny. So even with that whole Bake Off thing, so we sort of mentioned it. And then um, I was like, oh, I'm going to America next week. I was like, okay, cool. Have a good holiday. And I get home. And then he messaged me like, oh, I just found your Instagram. I was like, oh, okay. Great. Uh, and then he goes, oh, I didn't realize your holiday is actually a, a tour. And I was like, um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, he goes, oh, you massively played yourself down. I was like, oh, did I? I was like, well, I thought I was quite clear, but you just, I, it's just so yeah. awkward. It's, it's, it's I, even more awkward when you try and do the fake humble thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's just crazy. I'm just, I don't know what people see in me. Like, <laughs> 
What would have been really good is if the person had come up to you and mistook you for someone else. That oh. would have been really oh funny. God, no, and you were ready to happened. go like, oh my God, stop. Before? No, this was actually, this was borderline... I'm not like that, like particular about the stuff. I was a bit like quite inappropriate. So I was at carnival, and this guy came up to me, and he was like, "Oh, never chatting." And then he was like, "Oh, I watched your show," and I was like, "Really?" I was like, "No way!" And I was like, "Oh, did they like bake baking?" He was like, "Yeah, you were on that like Hindu matchmaking show, weren't you?" I was like, "Excuse me." And I think the look on my face, and it was wasn't the fact that he mistook me for like someone else, and more the fact I was like. You just seen a brown person and thought I was on a Hindi matchmaking show. I was like, oh, it's a bit awkward. So I just had this look on my face. He was like, oh, I messed up, haven't I? I was like, yeah, you have fun. I was like, he jumped to that conclusion. He's like, like, we're done here. So actually, I'm on a show with um, more viewers. So (laughs) yeah, (laughs) that's so strange. It was quite funny. I I had a laugh about it. But I was like, oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) Nightmare. I think it's definitely the right right way to do it is to like downplay all all achievements, Mm. though. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And even if I feel like it's good to own your achievements, be able to talk about them confidently, and it is probably just a thing of being worried about how people perceive you if you talk about them confidently. Yeah. Then maybe we as people need to get over. I know, but, I do. I do think dating is just a bit of a weird one totally. because it's like such a first impressions thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like, there's just, I just, yeah, I, I think I, I need to just figure it out. But it's, yeah. I, I just kind of wish I found someone before Bake Off. <laughs> My God. You don't know who's with you for the money. Oh, God. <laughs> the fame. The they fame want, and the cake. They want to go you. on tour. Basically, yeah. They want to be like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of who's a celebrity wag who goes on tour. Jay-Z. Yeah, oh. Just Jay-Z walking around. He's not a very good example, is he? he probably, he's, he's more than just Beyonce's wag. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, ah. Wait, that's what he is to me now. I have actually a really funny story. Um, not related to, but Juicy. it's all related to dating. But um, <laughs> this guy, I always get like, this one guy will reply to every one of my stories going, will you marry me? I just get a lot of weird, That's yeah. That's so yeah, funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and this, but some people are like very serious. This one guy messaged me like, hey, my name is XYZ. I'm 27 years old. I'm coming down to London. We'll have to take you on a date, whatever. And I just, because you can like see in your request, you don't actually have to open yeah. it. So I saw it and I was like, okay, I'm just going to leave it. And then he sent a follow up and I was like, oh my gosh, like, please go away. Then he found my sister's Instagram that's private, messaged her going, hey, really want to take your sister out on a date. Please, can you like speak to her? And she was like, what is going on? That's getting into scary territory. And she was like very very, like scared. I'm like, I'm really sorry that shouldn't have happened. Anyway, she just didn't reply and we left it. And the guy obviously just backed off. And then I went on a podcast like a few months ago and was speaking about it. So I spoke about the incident. The podcast airs. I then get a message the next day from the guy being like, Hey, Chriselle, I heard your podcast, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I heard you speak about this guy that um, messaged you and your sister. I think that was me. I'm really sorry. That was my friend's idea, Um, whatever. And then, and then after that, then like a month later, I get another message like, hey, they're like reset the whole introduction. Like, want to take you on a date? I was like, what is going on? Oh my God. You haven't done your lesson here, pal. Read the fucking room. So inappropriate. It's weird. Weird, And you haven't replied to it once or even seen them? No. No. To any men out there who send persistent messages to women and they don't reply, please stop doing that. <laughs> Just don't. <laughs> a little bit. Compliments, welcome. Persistent compliments with no response. Yeah. Creepy. Also, another question. Well, this is a question because I think this is very inappropriate. I was in a work setting and I was abroad and like, so, and a couple of the people I'd been out for a meal with before and we were chatting on a shoot and I was saying, oh, I love eating with people. Like we were talking about before because I like sharing food and whatever. 
So one of the people there said, oh, like, do you have any spare, like, three days while you're here? Like, we can grab food if you want a foodie part. And I was like, great, yeah, I've got this day, let's go. So we went, had loads of food, we're having a really nice merry old chat. And then I just said, oh, to the waitress, oh, can we get the bill? She goes, oh, your friend's already paid for it. And I was like, oh, wait, why did you do that? And he goes, oh, well, like, I low-key fancy you, and, like, I think you've got great personality, I was sort of hoping this would be a date. And I was like... And like, the thing is, like, he wasn't inappropriate in any context. He wasn't flirting. He wasn't or, like, sleazy. He or wasn't sleazy, just but strange. I, I was a bit like, have you sort of taken advantage of just me wanting to eat? I don't know. I found the whole thing. I was yeah. very like, I feel very awkward now. But it was just a manager, did you say? Or no, no, he wasn't a, no, no, no. He oh. was just like, I was doing a shoot and it was someone on the shoot. But it was, we were in a work context. Yeah. So I, I thought we were just... You would assume it was a... A friendly thing. We were literally going out to eat food and like catching up. And I was like... That's so weird. Slightly weird. It's... I was like, and if you haven't been convinced, I'm hoping that if I buy this meal, you'll instantly fall in love with me. Well, yeah, I'm just... <sighs> I feel like if you fancy someone, that's not the right way to play it. Yeah, well, exactly. I just Especially think in a professional environment. Yeah, it's because we met in a professional environment. And and then he just, I think I just felt, I felt a bit like cheated. I was like, oh, you've massively deceived me and I feel really awkward. But then I also don't know, like maybe if I fancied him, it would have been a different story. Mm, like if I actually yeah. thought, like, do you know, if we got on really well, I'd be like, okay, cool. But I don't know though. I just, I found the whole thing a bit weird. Yeah, it's like taking agency away from you in quite a critical I think, way. I think so. I just, I found it quite inappropriate. Even like he could say, you know, he could say afterwards, once you joint paid the bill, you know, I don't know if this is crossing a line. Yes, yes. But... He could have said all of the exact same thing, but yeah. so long as he started it with it's, that. Yeah, I think that's it. He should and, have caveated. And not paying the bill. Yes, yeah. Because then it's, because then he's making it into a date when that was completely not the remit that you met Yeah, him I think that's it. And like, he was, that. I think if he just said, like, I hope this isn't crossing a line, whatever, but he just didn't. He like went straight into it. And I was like, and the worst thing is, I like tell my sisters everything. So we left and I was like, I'm going to walk and I'm going to get a cab. But I got my phone out to my sister's voice. I'm like, oh my God, the weirdest thing just happened. <laughs> Luckily I did it because I turned around and he was right behind me. I was like, imagine <gasps> it would have made it so awkward. Uh, but yeah, I know, I know, it was fine. Oh my God. I know, yeah. Horrendous. Horrendous. So uh, life goes on. The streets are very cold out here. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> That Mr. Wright's coming as long as he's not sliding into your DMs annoyingly or paying the bill. Maybe it is that guy. Maybe Mr. Wright's actually that guy. Which guy? The guy on your DM. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Wright does not message your sister. Yeah. He was no, there all along. Yeah, he was there the whole time. <laughs> right under my eyes. Yeah. Um, do you want to read some letters? I think let's do some letters. Let's do oh. some letters. We've got some little agony aunt situation. Oh, my God. Love this. Love this. Okay, we'll start with this one specifically oh, okay. for Christelle. Which judge or host of the Bake Off would you call to let your hair down? <laughs> Just let your hair down. <laughs> oh, oh. I guess this could be this is probably hypothetical. Right? Yeah. Rather yeah. Than... So, well, if we're including the season that's about to air, then absolutely Alison Hammond. Are you oh joking? my god! Yeah, no brainer. Yes. I keep forgetting that she. Oh my gosh, she is like my dream dinner party guest. So, I, I mean, she. Like, I just, I get a good vibes of her. Have you seen the clip of her on this morning when she like pushes someone into the water? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's dancing I, on the UK I, um, thing. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. I just everything about her, I love. Have so, you worked with her before? No, and I'm so sad. I wish I was doing the season because she's just such a great oh. person. I know. I really hope I get to meet her one day because she is just wonderful. I feel like you absolutely. Will your you get, so. Do you get reunion parties? Um, yeah, but it's usually amongst the bakers. I feel like the presenters oh, okay. and judges aren't really that involved, but I'll find a way. She's just, she's so, I, yeah, I feel like she's the absolute right person you can let your hair down with. <laughs> yeah. And I just, you can have a good laugh and like, she'll just, yeah. An if icon. not her, then I think Noel is yeah. equally. 
Right. Good choice. Confirming good choice. everything we yeah. thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank, thank you for the headline. <laughs> <laughs> um, next up, blah, blah, blah. I hate my boss. Help. Oh, this is vague. This is vague, but I like it because I think we've all had experiences with tricky bosses. Mm. Yeah. I guess it depends on a few factors, but firstly, are they doing something that is actively unprofessional that you can talk to somebody higher up or HR about? Yeah. Or is it just that your personalities do not gel? Because if it's just that your personalities do not gel... There's nothing wrong with that, but it's slightly irritating to deal with every single day. It makes your day-to-day pretty miserable. Yeah. The best way to do it is just to try and rise above it and uh, have your best professional smiley face on and then you can bitch to anyone about it in your personal life after the workday is done. If it's something where they're actively doing something wrong then definitely seek help within your company. If it's a kind of startup where there is no HR or higher up people. Yeah, that's the, that's mm. the difficult situation. I don't know. I think, employment yeah. lawyer. Well, so you, could, yeah, well, you were saying, because I remember someone said, to, when I started my, my first job, he said to me, he was like, you need to like your team because you will spend more time with your team than you will with your own family. And I was like, oh my gosh. Um, and I definitely had instances, I actually had an incredible team, but there were definitely times when like, you know, there was like someone, whether it was a manager or whatever, and for some reason there was just something off and I remember being like really down about it because I was like this is my day-to-day like life Mm. like you're spending so much time with someone if something's off so I just had a conversation I was like look am I doing something wrong and I think if you kind of play it that way Mm. you're not being like you're being a pain you're like oh have I done something wrong I just want to make sure because I just it seems like I keep on disappointing you or whatever and then sometimes it turns out that oh I'm really sorry I was just going through a bad time and I took it out on you and I just sometimes think it's just good to have the conversation with that person directly, even if it is your boss, because that I think sometimes, like it is sometimes good to like go to someone more senior, but then it's almost like, are you sort of like, you're talking about them and then they're like, oh, you know, Chriselle complained about you and they're like, why don't you just speak to me? And then it might make it more difficult. And I think if you, like if there's a way to do it, right? So it's, I think, you know, you're not saying like, oh, sorry, but you've been really difficult. It's like, oh, I just want to just check in, like, you know, I don't know if I've done something, whatever. And then there's a way to talk about it and hopefully you can resolve it. But I think... If you've got a problem with a colleague or a boss, you have to sort it out because it it will make your job miserable. It'll make the environment really toxic as well. Yeah, massively. A big part of your job is actually the people you work with. And if the people, like if you don't have like good colleagues or if you don't get on with your colleagues, I think your job becomes really miserable. Mm. Totally. I think in the workplace and in all relationships generally, lots of time people have no idea how they're coming across. Yeah. If they're yes. going through their own stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll sometimes be short with you or they'll kind of go about something in a way that they're, they're not even thinking that they're doing it inappropriately. They'll have no yeah. idea that it's hurt your feelings. Yeah. And this is literally me and Hannah laugh about it every episode. We're like, yeah. just communicate better yeah. with people. <laughs> yeah. The only way to resolve yeah. any situation is communicating. So if you tell someone actually, I feel like you're a bit stressed and is there anything I can do to help you? Then they might be like, oh God, I'm sorry that I've been putting that on you. If they're a reasonable person. If they're not, get a new job. Yeah, yeah. Also that. So if you all say communicate and I'll be like, block, delete, move on. (laughs) (laughs) It's in all of the the questions, like dump them. (laughs) Get a new job. I'm always like... You should like have a think about it. <laughs> I'm just ruthless. I've got no time Dumb for that. Dumb block. Love it. Dumb block. Move on. Um, we'll end on this one. Hopefully like a little bit of a... End on a little hopeful note. Although it's just so quite depressing. But like we oh. can end on a hopeful note. 
I'm struggling with trying to start dating after the end of a long relationship at the start of the year. After very little success or attention on dating apps and the like, I'm struggling to see myself as someone who would be someone's first choice. Oh, baby. Oh. I'm surrounded by friends in long-term relationships. Do you have any tips for boosting your romantic self-esteem? Oh, my gosh. Well, I am that, basically kind of that person. Like, all my friends are like, in relationships or like or, or like getting engaged or moving in and I'm like the the common denominator single person so anytime someone breaks up I'm like join the club I'm here whatever <laughs> um so well a few things I would say is first I think in any anytime you get into a relationship my take on relationships is like I'm in a place now where I am like so happy being single and alone and independent if I'm going to bring someone into my life they should make me happier they shouldn't make me happy you should never rely on someone to be happy. You should rely on yourself to be happy. And so for me, dating a guy is like a little added bonus to my life. And obviously I want to end up with someone, but I just want them to make me happier. So I think the first thing I would say to this girl is like, make sure like you are happy in yourself and you don't necessarily, you don't need to be with someone to, to make you happy. And I think you and I think when you come out of a breakup, there's all, the healing and stuff and getting over your ex. But then it's also like coming to terms with like yourself being because obviously when you're in a relationship you do end up relying on that person for a lot of stuff or you share a lot of stuff with that person so when you come out of it you're like who do I share this stuff with and I think you need to go through a period where you're like actually I'm okay sharing this stuff you know on my own and having a good time and like coming to terms with like being a single person and like and so for me I've been single for such a long time I'm like so comfortable in my own skin now and I think once you get to that point and you sort of have confidence in yourself you will then kind of have a bit more self-worth and so you're then, when you sort of put yourself into the dating world, I think for me, I sort of went into it like, I'm just going to go on some like first dates just to like start talking to men again and just to have a bit of fun. But like, I think you have to put yourself into the mind of like, I am sort of in the in the driving seat here and I'm going to kind of go out and kind of go on dates with these men and just be very judgmental basically. And Because you can't do that. <laughs> and it's yeah. quite nice. And I think, but I think it, you definitely have to like, first start in a place of having a lot of self-worth and like a bit of confidence in yourself not saying you have to like have like the best self-esteem in the world because not many people do but like I think just coming to terms with like your own happiness and like your own self-worth I think is really really important and I think that will massively help you like it will drive a lot of like your future relationships or just dating and putting yourself out there I think it will become a lot easier so like even the mindset of saying you know I don't think I'm people's first choice it's because like you don't have you need to build up that confidence because you definitely are mm. um but you just need to have that confidence to to know that you are someone's first choice and if someone doesn't like you then it's their loss yeah so if you so can't love well yourself put. how are you gonna love someone else yes thanks yes, Rue. Exactly thank that. you Rue. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny yeah because um i have last time i was on dating apps was maybe about four years ago and i think it's really really easy to become quite jaded because yeah. I can guarantee you, although maybe you don't feel like you're getting a lot of attention on the apps, I can guarantee that a lot of the people that have swiped left on you, if they met you in person, they wouldn't. You know what I mean? Totally. So it's much yeah. of it is... a picture of who actually thinks you're a catch. Yeah. yeah. If they met you, they would be like, oh my God, she's amazing. But, or he, I, I don't know who's who's written in. But um, yeah, I, I just don't think, don't take it too personally because it's incredibly vapid. Like, I, who knows, like, when... I would really actually love to. Next time we get a guy on the podcast, ask them what they're looking for in dating apps. Mm. 
Like whether yeah. they read whether they read the bios, like what they look for in pictures. I'm whether it's just I'm like, I'm gonna ask yeah. this to my next engineer. Like, yeah, so yeah. What, what, what about my profile? Did you yeah. like? What about, yeah. what about me? Let's do this quick Give appraisal. <laughs> <laughs> so what interesting, what I have learned is, um, so one guy was telling me that he saw a girl's profile and she was just pouting in every photo. He was like, I just, no. I was like, I'm inter- I mean, I don't really pout, but I was like, that's interesting. Yeah. That was like a massive turnoff. I was like, okay, that's something. Interesting. So, yeah. It's so hard to know how what you're putting across on a dating app lands. Mm. And it may not be how you think it's coming well, so, across. Interestingly, so for me, for example, like there are some really, really hot guys on dating apps, but like the way they've done their profile is they they know they're good looking. So I'm like, Bad I know vibe. you're going to be, oh. so like their first photo is them Selfie like topless. The or, holding yeah, a fish. Holding a fish. <laughs> for me, it's actually, it's like the topless photos. I'm like, especially if it's their first one, I'm like, yeah, you've got a great body and like you're really hot, but like that gives me the it because you clearly know you're good looking and you think that like, um, arrogance is like, honestly makes me so sick so I'm like no can't do it so I think and those guys are probably there like oh I'm such a catch I'm like well yeah you're good looking but like you're what else are you bringing yeah like your 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 hinge profile is actually like not selling you very well I think I would only accept a topless photo in that scenario if it was further down the list and it was like them on the beach with, with their friends yeah. Yeah. laughing. Yes. It's wholesome. Wholesome. <laughs> or like on a fishing trip. There must yeah. be laughter. They're on a fishing boat. They are, they're all he's laughing. He's holding big fish and he's, <laughs> and he's laughing. You know? <laughs> or like his wetsuit's half peeled down. Oh, yeah. Ooh, oh, you know? yeah. No, I like that. Oh, right. But see, that's a suggestion. A suggestion, then you kind yeah. Of like, yeah. There's a story there's a there. There's a, there's a story. A little bit of my I'm saying this as someone who has not been on dating apps ever and <laughs> is not single. I am <laughs> so, this is what I'd be looking for. <laughs> I am so, so happy to have dodged the ear of dating apps with the voice note feature. That gives oh, me the Oh my ick. God, it's the worst the pressure. thing. Oh my God, it's disgusting. So I once matched with this guy and then he just sent me like three voice notes and I just was like I oh, can't I didn't know you I, could send them you can send them as oh. well oh so I just didn't reply I was like I'm too creeped out by this and then he sent me he was like oh everything okay and then he messaged me everything okay I was like sorry the voice notes just threw me off and then he sent me three more voice notes going hey yeah fully get that you know you're a bit thrown off by the voice notes it's just my way of communicating but we can do something else if you prefer and I was like what's wrong with you you've like, blown it already no, no, what you just don't listen to this thing I literally said the voice notes threw me off and then you sent me three more voice notes you just not listen to the boundary I quite yeah. clearly said I yeah. hate it when someone sends three separate voice notes but it's just like three separate words yes hey how, how are you, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Voice note etiquette should be written about in more detail because sometimes I receive voice notes that are like four minutes long. That my sister did the other day and then she immediately followed up being like, oh my fucking God, I'm so sorry I just did that. Please play that in 1.5. Oh, I do that though. I listen to all my voice notes in 1.5, sometimes two, because my sister speaks really slowly and sends me really long voice notes. Yeah. yeah. My sister's preferred just had a baby and is like move, walking around slowly and that's like the best she can do at oh, the moment. So I was like, I appreciate the self-awareness else, and also you're allowed. Yeah. <laughs> literally you of all people are allowed. Um, <laughs> I hope that helps. Um, yeah, literally we have no idea what guys are looking for and so much of it and what makes you a special and wonderful and very dateable person is in who you are, how you hold yourself. But yeah, I agree with you, Christelle, like, the love's got to come from within first because yeah. I think that people can smell or not smell, but like, oh yeah, they can sense when you yeah. also bad people can sense if you're insecure and, and not really advantage. loving yeah. yourself and you'll take advantage of your niceness yeah. and yeah. your insecurity. Yeah, all the time. 
But like whenever I kind of come out of a relationship and I'm kind of like feeling myself, like people can sense it. Then you like yeah. people kind of like gravitate towards you. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I hope that helps. Um. We believe in you, and I'm sure you'll find someone who appreciates you for who you are. It's gonna turn around. Yeah, but anyway, I think that's all we've got time for. I'll leave it on a lovely little positive note. Aww. Christelle, thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. This has been so much fun and I have been well fed um, and well watered. Watered. Well watered, well yeah. hydrated. Well booched. So. Yes, yeah. well booched. So thank you. Everybody go and buy Flavor Kitchen. Buy book. It's a phenomenal <laughs> book. Is there anything else that you would like to push? Um, Literally just, I mean, there's nothing else I can really book. push right now. So just a book. <laughs> book, book. <laughs> is there the anywhere people. that you would like them to buy it from that is the best? Um, Amazon or Waterstones. I know everyone hates Amazon. So if you don't like Amazon, then Waterstones. Okay. Um, and if you do like it, please leave a review. It really helps. Ah. Um, you leave a review having not read it. Uh, um, if you've bought it and not read it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 Do it. <laughs> Speaking of leaving reviews, if you have liked this podcast, oh, yes. nice leave a review, Love give it. it a rating, subscribe. It helps everyone find the podcast and helps us keep making it. Woo. So if you've enjoyed it, please tell us. Thank you so much, Christelle. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll see you next week. See you next week for another podcast. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.